And welcome, everyone, to the 1201 Sports Podcast. I'll be your solo host today, Jake Brouillet. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, and I hope you got to spend a lot of wonderful time with your family and your loved ones. While everyone was away for Christmas, we here at 1201 Sports were grinding away to give you the definitive 2019 college football playoff preview. Before we start, though, please leave us a like, rating, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. It would help us out tremendously to know what you think of our show, and we truly appreciate you listening and supporting us. We thank you, and hopefully you had a very Merry Christmas. Now to the 2019 College Football Playoff Preview. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Number two, Ohio State versus number three, Clemson. Okay, so tell me if you heard this one before. Ohio State has an all-star quarterback, they have a great running back, and a bevy of talented wide receivers who can beat you all around the field. They also have one of the most talented defenses in the country from top to bottom. Yeah, I bet you hear that quite often. It was speculated before the season that maybe Ohio State would take a step back now that Ryan Day took over for former head coach Urban Meyer. However, what happened was actually an offense that has scored the most points per game in the NCAA and a defense that has given up less than 13 points a game. And it all starts at quarterback with the guy that Kirby Smart at Georgia somehow decided was not as good as Jake Fromm. That's kind of weird to me because Justin Fields has only managed to throw for almost 3,000 yards and 50 total touchdowns. Ah, well, what do I know? I'm not paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. Justin Fields is an incredible talent who can throw, run, and dominate you in all facets of the game. He'll definitely be an X-factor, not only in the semifinal, but for years to come, both at this level and the next. At running back, Ohio State boasts one of the most dominant runners in all of college football. J.K. Dobbins is a surefire top 50 pick in this year's NFL draft if he leaves early. He's amassed 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 22 touchdowns. He's been dominant from day one at Ohio State as a freshman, and this year has been no different. Now, there's no top dog in this receiving group if you look at stats, especially not compared to the other three in this college playoff. K.J. Hill is their best receiver, and they also got plenty of quality production out of Chris Olav, Benjamin Victor, and Garrett Wilson. But no one really dominates the touch the touches, and I definitely attribute that to Justin Fields not locking in on one guy and spreading the ball around well in this offense. Now to the defense. Okay, if I just went and named the draft-eligible talent for this year, that would give us seven players, okay, seven players out of that starting 11 who definitely are top 100, top 150 type prospects, including the top cornerback in the draft, Jeff Okuda, and arguably the number one overall player in defensive end, Chase Young. You throw in two more talented cornerbacks, two linebackers that have combined for 26 tackles for loss, and another talented D lineman that makes stops all over the field, and you've possibly got the most talented defense in college football. When you look at this team, top to bottom, you can't find any holes. This team is full of playmakers at every level on both sides of the football. 
The only question Ohio State has to answer is can they repeat the success they had in the regular season? The competition is definitely stiffer, but again, at this time of the year, the cream always rises to the top. Ohio State has won every game this year by double digits. However, this time, it will easily be their toughest test of the year. That takes us to Clemson. It's been a while since the defending national champions have been snubbed like this. Well, quote-unquote snubbed. Winning all but one game by double digits, Clemson has done nothing but dominate all year. After their embarrassing stumble across the finish line against North Carolina, Clemson has gone on to win their next eight games by an average of 42 points. Yes, that was not a typo in my script. Obviously, the main complaint with Clemson this year, and what ultimately led them to being number three, is their schedule. At the time of playing them, only two of their opponents were ranked in the top 25, and both of those two opponents have four or more losses. So Jake, you're asking, why is this team in the playoff? They're undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. Well, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that they have one of the most talented teams in all of college football. And again, just like Ohio State, and just like you'll hear later, it starts at quarterback. The leader of this team is arguably the most talented quarterback in all of college football, Trevor Lawrence. While the numbers are not gaudy this year like the other three participants, Lawrence can make any throw on the field, and without a doubt in my mind, he will be the number one overall player selected in the 2021 NFL Draft. His backfield is headed up by one that got away from LSU, Travis Etienne. A native, of, a native of Jennings, Louisiana, state runner-up this year, by the way, congrats, Etienne now has back-to-back 1,500-yard rushing campaigns and is one touchdown away this year from totaling 20 touchdowns in back-to-back years. This kid has speed beyond belief and is definitely a first-round candidate for this year's NFL draft. Oh, you want more first-rounders? Well, that's cool because they have at least two more outside. T. Higgins and Justin Ross are up there for the most talented wide receiver duo in all of college football. Higgins is a guaranteed first rounder this year, and Ross is the exact same next year's draft. Oh, you want to know how they replaced their incredible defensive talent from last year? All right, I got you. While, yes, they don't have as talented a defensive line as they did last year, they have one of the most versatile defenders in all of college football. Linebacker Isaiah Simmons, again, is a surefire first rounder this year. He's amassed 93 total tackles, 14 and a half of those for loss, seven sacks, two interceptions, and has forced two fumbles. This kid flies around on defense, and you always have to find him before the snap. Another guy you won't particularly notice if you're just box score scouting is A.J. Terrell at corner. While he doesn't have the gaudy defensive stats that Simmons does, he's got all the physical tools and is one of the better cornerbacks in all of college football. Not to mention, this defensive unit averages giving up less than 11 points a game. That is the top in the country. Most people know the head man, Dabo Sweeney, but fewer people know about the mastermind that is defensive coordinator, Brent Venables. Easily, and I say easily, the best defensive coordinator in the country, Venables always has his players in the right spot. He always has a great game plan, and they fly around and force turnovers. Clemson is 7th in the country, averaging 2.2 takeaways per game. Ohio State can't fall into the hole in the turnover battle. Both of these teams are in the top 10 in takeaways, and both of these teams are top 10 in sack percentage. Both teams have plenty of talent at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and all three levels of the defense. The massive question mark this game 
will decide is the offensive line. Does Clemson have a plan for Robert Landers in the middle and Chase Young on the edge? And on the other side, does Ohio State have a plan for Isaiah Simmons and Clemson's blitz packages? And when neither of those plans work, because they don't, which team can react the best in the heat of the moment to come up with a game plan to give their offense enough time? This game is definitely, in my opinion, truly worthy of the national championship. And as football fans across the country, let's enjoy a hell of a football game on December 28th. Number four, Oklahoma versus number one, LSU. In a rematch from the 2003 BCS National Championship, you might see a familiar sight. A quarterback with over 40 touchdowns, a dominant rusher with double-digit rushing touchdowns, and a receiving option with 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. The only difference this time around? Both teams can actually say they accomplished this. This go-round, Oklahoma is led by Jalen Hurts, the Alabama transfer who has definitely done his fair share of winning. 38-3 in his starting career at Alabama and Oklahoma, Hurts is a veteran leader who can kill you in both phases of the offense. 3,600 passing yards, 1,200 rushing yards, and 50 total touchdowns prove that he'll obviously be a key in Oklahoma's chances to win. Also playing a part in Oklahoma's incredible season is their future top 10 draft selection, wide receiver CeeDee Lamb. This kid is incredible. He's a great route runner and lethal after the catch. He's totaled 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns this year on just 58 catches. The battle of CeeDee Lamb versus LSU's vaunted cornerbacks will 100% be exciting to watch. However, one place to worry if you are a Sooner fan is at running back. They will be missing their top option from the beginning of the year, Trey Sermon. He is out due to knee surgery. Kennedy Brooks, their backup who is now starting, has been battling neck pain. However, he is expected to be back. On the defensive side, the improvement seen here is quite extraordinary, possibly one of the best statistical improvements in one year in recent college football memory. In both yards and points per game, Oklahoma defense has improved by over 24%. That is incredible. A lot of improvement can be attributed to their pass rush and star defenders, defensive tackle Neville Gallmore and linebacker Kenneth Murray. Again, both very talented future draft picks, Gallmore and Murray have combined for eight sacks, 22 and a half tackles for loss, and 121 tackles. These two have led this defense to getting sacks on almost 8.5% of dropbacks, 20th in the country. And again, one area you won't gain an advantage on Oklahoma is in the kicking game. Kicker Gabe Brick is a perfect 48 out of 48 on PATs and 17 out of 17 on field goals. That is absolutely incredible, and he has had a great year. This team is going to be tough to handle for LSU. Thanks to Coach Lincoln Riley's incredible scheme and play-calling abilities, the offense is truly one of the toughest to handle in the nation. They play aggressive on defense and want to rush you into bad decisions. However, they have not been able to capitalize on miscues by opponents. Oklahoma ranks 128th out of 130 schools in takeaways per game. And with three players suspended for the LSU game, including a starting defensive end, Will this be their undoing, or will the offense of Oklahoma be enough to push them to a national championship? LSU. Last time around, LSU was boasting a 2,800-yard passer with 28 touchdowns, a true freshman who barely eclipsed 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, 
and a number one wide receiver who barely got over 1,000 yards with also 10 touchdowns. It was a team led by the now most hated man in Baton Rouge, and it was a defensive center team that made plays and flew around the field long enough to let the offense wear down the opposing defense. This year, just a few things have changed. LSU is now led by a 47-yard 100 passer with 48 touchdowns, a near 1,300-yard rusher who has 17 total touchdowns, and two wide receivers with over 1,200 yards who have combined for 32 touchdowns, not to mention a third wide receiver with 500 yards and 10 touchdowns, and a tight end who now holds the record for the most receptions at LSU by a tight end. They nearly swept the awards this year, and it was capped off with their first Heisman Trophy winner in 60 years. Needless to say, something is different this go-round. The only thing stopping Joe Burrow from going first overall in the NFL draft is the Bengals pulling off two wins in a row to end the NFL season. If that sounds doubtful to you, it's because it is. Joe Burrow grew up in a ranch-style home in Ames, Iowa, but eventually found himself the starting quarterback at Athens High School in Ohio. A few magical seasons later, and not only was he the leader of the highest scoring team in Ohio high school football history, but he was committed to play at the Ohio State University. Unfortunately for Joe, Urban Meyer decided to go with a practice squad player and the guy who couldn't beat Purdue in his three years at Ohio State. Fast forward a couple years later, and the rest is history. Following in the footsteps of an LSU legend is never easy and Darius Geis was definitely one of the best running backs to ever step foot at LSU and Catholic High School. But what no one realized is the guy often considered to be too small to play big-time college football that backed up Geis for over four years had the chances to be even better. Clyde edwards Lair is an incredibly shifty and talented runner. He's not only hard to find behind the mammoth offensive line of LSU, but once you finally find him, he hits you like a ton of bricks. The run game for LSU will definitely be key in this game. Boasting one of the best receiving cores in college football, LSU is a matchup nightmare for any secondary in the country. Led by a future top 10 pick, Jamar Chase, a currently projected first-round pick, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall, a former five-star who managed 500 yards and 10 touchdowns in limited action thanks to an injury, let's just say this passing attack for LSU is going to be difficult to stop. And on defense... They said this group took a step back. They said this group wasn't on par with how they've performed in past years. What can't be overstated enough is that this LSU defense has performed nearly exactly the same way they performed last year. And I'm dead serious. Pause this podcast right now and check out LSU's team defensive stats in 2018 and then compare them to 2019. Okay, now that you're back, it's incredible, right? The committee wanted to say that's why they jumped Ohio State ahead of LSU when really LSU only had one bad half against Ole Miss. They're allowing five less yards and .3 more points per game compared to last year. I definitely don't remember LSU's defense being a problem last year, and I don't see them being a problem this year. If you look up a current 2020 big board for the NFL draft from any scout, you'll see a ton of names on that board. And it doesn't stop with Joe Burrow at the top. On defense alone, LSU is well represented by names like Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, Jacob Phillips, Patrick Queen, and Kalevon Chason. Not to mention a future top five pick in Derek Stingley. While this LSU defense is lacking respect 
the one thing that it isn't lacking is talent. And it all comes back to the man who was the obvious choice for the job. I'm going to start calling out people now, so get ready. Many fans wanted current 7-5 and five Texas head coach Tom Herman, you know, the offensive juggernaut. Another large portion of the fan base wanted current 7-5 and five Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher, you know, the guy who used us to get $75 million. Let's just say those guys wouldn't be too popular in Baton Rouge right now. Current head coach Ed Ogeron has brought in a winning mentality to the program that had lacked a killer instinct for years now. Ogeron brought in a talented defensive coordinator in Dave Aranda and just this year brought on Joe Brady, passing game coordinator who spent time with the New Orleans Saints and is the first Broyles Award winner at LSU since the god-awful John Chavis. This team has been hungry the entire year and being led by a lovable coach like Ed Ogeron spells disaster for opposing teams. This LSU football team is talented, driven, and focused. However, now they have to deal with their first bit of adversity all year. Clyde edwards Lair went down this past week with a hamstring injury. Can Oklahoma slow down this LSU offense with their pressure? Or will Oklahoma try and play keep away with their talented but thin running game? Or... Will LSU's offense be too talented for the defense to handle? And there you have it, folks, the definitive 2019 college football playoff preview. I hope you had as much fun listening and learning as I did putting this together. These type of solo podcasts is something I definitely look forward to doing. Um, Let us know if you like this sort of thing. Go ahead and leave us a review. Interact with us on Twitter at 1201sports. Let us know what you like of this sort of thing. We might do plenty more of that in 2020 if you seem to like it. Um, Again, December 28th coming up will be an incredible day of college football with two great games. As football fans, we should all be thankful for this time of year. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a very great New Year with family. And I hope you're looking forward to 2020 the same way we are. We're coming out with a lot of great things for you here at 1201 Sports. Be sure to catch your NFL draft coverage. We're going to start basketball coverage. And again, your Tuesday podcasts with Pringle and Grayson. Here at 1201 Sports, even when we're wrong, we're always right. Peace.